This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are about to listen to a special free preview of this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Bonus Podcast, a show we do exclusively for our Patreon supporters each and every month. If you enjoy what you hear, click the link in the podcast description to visit our Patreon page and start enjoying exclusive content. We've been producing the show each and every week for the past five years, and Patreon is the best way to support the show and help us take it to the next level. For your pledge of just a couple of dollars of support each month, you gain access to all of our Top Rope Nation Classics bonus podcasts, including this one, as well as all of the past editions currently available in the archives the minute you sign up. Plus, a free gift when you join, monthly members-only Zoom hangouts with myself, Justin, and Kyle, a book club with the opportunity to have question and answer sessions with well-known authors, a members-only weekly live video feed as we record our flagship show, an ads-free early release version of the weekly show, free merchandise, and a lot more. Once again, click the link in the podcast description to read more about all of the tiers and benefits. We would be honored to have your support. Enjoy this special free preview of this month's exclusive bonus show, and we hope to see you over on Patreon. to the 14th edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. It's Ryan, Justin, and Kyle. And tonight we're looking back. It's actually our most recent uh, show that we've covered on Top Rope Nation Classics. But you know what? It was 16 years ago, believe it or not. And that is the 2005 edition of the WWE Royal Rumble, which took place in Fresno, California. So thanks for joining us tonight on Patreon. Of course, thank you for your support as we do these bonus shows, as we bring you this exclusive content that you only get by being a member of our Patreon page. You're our most loyal listeners and greatly appreciate your monthly support, and hopefully you'll enjoy this show. Justin and Kyle, 2005 is just getting underway. It's January 2005, of course. Uh, Justin, what was the state of your pro wrestling fandom? in January of 2005. It, it was uh, fast approaching uh, kind of my second uh, dark age fandom. Uh, I was still, I wasn't really watching anymore, uh, but I was still at least paying attention to results. But I think after WrestleMania 20, 21 might've been the first pay-per-view I watched live. So I, I was, I, yeah, I was on my way out. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Ross? 
Oh, what was I doing in 2005, wrestling-wise? Um, I still follow the product pretty regularly, I think. Um, maybe part of 04, I had kind of faded out there in the fall. But, yeah, in general, I, I, I remember being fairly psyched. For sure. I ordered this show live, I know, um, in the apartment with my old roommate. So, um, was pretty into it. Like it a lot. Obviously, anyone who listened to our Rumble History podcast knows I like it quite a bit and uh, I'm excited to do this one man yeah yeah I was I was pretty much watching each and every week I was getting a lot of the pay-per-views with uh with some of my friends I'm pretty sure I watched the show live um although uh maybe I can get into a story of why I can't for sure remember but but uh I mean I was oh yeah there's no way I was sober at the end of this night (laughs) If, if it's January of 2005 there is yeah, almost a 0% chance I went to bed sober. <laughs> so a lot of the, my friends at the time that I was hanging out with were pretty big wrestling fans. And so we would get together for sure for the big shows. I know we ordered WrestleMania 19 a couple, or I mean 21, a couple months after this. I'm fairly certain we got the Rumble. Uh, but I turned 21 years old in January of 2005. In fact, my ah. 21st birthday was two weeks before this show. And... Uh, on January 30th, like 2005, 16 years ago, I was thinking like, you know, it's Top Rope Nation Classics. Usually we're doing shows from the 80s and the 90s. But my God, 16 years ago, I mean, <laughs> there's kids in time. college right now that were infants at the time. So it's been a while. It's been yeah, a while. Yeah, I feel that the early aughts are such an untapped re- um, landscape in the podcasting industry. People, for whatever reason, you know. Like, oh, the 2000s, that, you know, that's too recent. We can't, folks, did you hear what the man just said? This was 16 years ago. That's a long time. This would have been like in 05 if we were doing a show in 1989. Yes. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, it just doesn't feel that long because as we talk about weekly when we cover the current product, eh, things don't change so much in the WWE anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 16 years ago. And it, Oddly enough, I uh, I did a guest appearance on uh, our friend Garrett Gonzalez, his uh, podcast, Fight Game Media, fellow Blue Wire podcast, earlier today. And uh, Garrett told me he was at this show. He drove the four hours from the Bay Area to Fresno, uh, south, to go to the show and uh, talked about it. it was a, it was a fun show live, and, and we're going to get into you know the high points of the show and stuff. And I I think the big thing that I came away with watching the show and we could talk California is a big state, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say that for the record, just to state the obvious large state. He talked about he drove four hours south to the show. Didn't really think about how long that drive would be going home. And he drove home after the show. And I've done that like that's about it's a little bit further. but It's like about driving from where Justin and I live in Iowa to Chicago and back in one day. And I did that once for a Cubs game. And that was like a really long day. So I can't imagine doing it after a wrestling pay-per-view, you know, like that late at night. So well, yeah, hopefully for Garrity at some of the Mid-South, uh, <laughs> you know, candies on the way home. <laughs> yeah. For the loop, for the, for the Oklahoma City. To, uh... At that point in time, I was looking up the old TV ratings and, uh, Raw was doing like back then they would just publish the Nielsen points, uh, but it was doing like high threes, low fours, which translates to about four to five million viewers per week, sometimes a little more than five million viewers per week. And Raw now is doing about 1.8 million viewers a week. Uh, Smackdown was doing about the same average three to fours in the Nielsen ratings around this time in 05. Um, but because that was on network television, the points meant more viewers. They actually do it about a million more viewers than raw, like five to 6 million. 
per week. So, you know, you compare that with today. I know now we have social media and YouTube and everything, and more people are aware of the product than what we get in the cable ratings. But still, I mean, it was a it was a vastly uh, larger audience for pro wrestling. And, and, and the crowds, too. I know we're almost a year away from having crowds now in wrestling or a year past, I should say. But, uh, I mean, the, the crowd was super hot during this show. And what's scary about those ratings you just went through, right, is that, you know, over the course of 02, 03, 04, they had dropped pretty pers- I mean, that was like kind of a a massive period of uh, audience erosion for the most part. And yet they're still doing more than double what they are now. So, yeah, um, yeah 2002 to 2004 was a very weird period, uh, to put it bluntly, for the World Wrestling Federation. And um, 2005, though, they stabilized. They actually didn't just stabilize. They improved. Yeah. Year over year. Only time... That has really ever happened in the 21st century. Well, there was that John Cena guy coming along, and uh, Dave Batista was pretty hot. So they mm-hmm. had some big stars in the making here at this point in time. So I did write down you know, some of the stats and figures like we like to do here on these Top Rope Nation classic shows to kind of set the stage before we get in that time machine and go back to the show. Uh, so in the sports world, January at 05, uh, we were just a couple <laughs> of months past. Can I say one thing? Yeah. It's going to be so great that I don't have to hear about the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, that's true. Because all those 90 shows, boys yeah. like, and eh, the Chicago Bulls. Oh, won yeah. The NBA and like, oh, and by the way, the Chicago Bulls won the NBA championship again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. How are the Bulls doing at 05? Uh, they were, you know what? I actually yeah, went to my first the stage. Uh, the number one song the week of the Rumble, I have no memory of this song. Let Me Love You by Mario. I'd have to hear it probably. It sounds very bad. Doesn't Doesn't ring a bell. There was not a lot of great music coming out around that. Uh, I'll disagree with that. It just was not popular. It was more, yeah, like the more Indian sound. In in 2005, I had completely divorced myself from popular music and really have never uh, reattached since. When I looked at the the number one song charts for 05, it was like the same song for like six to seven weeks in a row, like all year. And then another song. I think the next one after this was 50 Cent, Candy Shop. Is that what it's Not my favorite Fitty yeah. set song, but I like Fitty. <laughs> Can't throw a good first pitch, but uh, you know, he had a couple good tunes. Yeah. So uh was it Candy Shop? Yeah, it was Candy Shop. But uh a lot of a lot of payola going on to uh hit the charts, I think, in two thousand and five. The pop music scene was not great, but there there was like some good indie rock, I guess, during that era. I was working at Best Buy at this time, so I was dealing a lot with new music releases. Uh, Did, and then, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I'm just thinking about music and because I playing uh, MVP baseball for some reason, and the album was three years old. But do either of you recall Danko Jones? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was listening to his Born a Lion album a lot. Uh, it's very weird, but I enjoyed it at the time. Was the Von Bondies in that game? I never played the game once, but like I remember, like weren't the Von like Come on, Come on? Wasn't that in a baseball mm-hmm. game? Remember that's like uh, come on, come on. Soft. I gotta look this up now because I remember it had a pretty good soundtrack. MVP baseball 2005. True soundtrack. story, the last baseball video game I played was probably bases loaded three. Good wow. lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, Kyle, Kick Murphy's were in that game. Yeah. Kyle, make sure you look up uh, Lover Call by Danko Jones. Write that down. Lover Call by Danko Jones. Yeah. I have to include that in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the number one movie at the box office as we went into the Royal Rumble. 
in 2005 was Hide and Seek, starring Robert De Niro and Dakota Fanning. Never saw it. Horror movie. Me neither. Never saw it. Never heard of it. I I actually had to look it up, too. I kind of, like, remember hearing about it after I read into it a little bit. But not the most memorable movie. Yeah, not the most memorable movie that Robert De Niro ever did. That is for sure. I I don't want to alienate our audience by going on Robert De Niro takes. But there's a movie that... (laughs) was real popular fears before that i thought was terrible and really kind of just flushed his career down the toilet Ooh, harsh well well what was it what do you think it was 2002 robert de niro i don't know it's meet the parents which one did you milk then dad honey he said he pumped milk what have you ever milked cat a cat? I milked a cat once. I, I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Okay, can we change the subject, perhaps? Ooh, Didn't understand the film. Like me, the parents? parents. No, I understand the film. I would have, I'll tell you what, if I'm, ben Stiller's, if I'm Ben Stiller's character, I just leave. Say this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's been making fun of me all weekend. I'm just out. Like yeah. this is a horrible thing. This marriage is uh, dreadful. These freaking pe- all these catastrophes keep happening. His family's like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Give it an By ultimatum. The way, I'm giving an ultimatum to the misses. Either we just cut these people out, or this marriage isn't happening. But <laughs> hide and seek sounds like a uh, WWE Studios Kane led feature. It yes. does. Yes, for sure. Oh, maybe that's where they got the idea. Or maybe that one's made first. I have no idea. I haven't seen hardly any of those WWE Studios movies. All right. The stage has been set. It's time to jump in the time machine and go back to Sunday, January 30th, 2005. economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Christian and Tyson Tomko. There's another great. Oh, uh, yes. There's another great mid card uh, card gimmick. This, this may be the highlight of Tyson Tomko's career. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Christian's there. John Cena comes in. They're there to get their numbers for the Rumble, of course. And uh, Christian turns around to John Cena talking about how he could beat him in freestyling rap any day of the week. And uh, (laughs) Cena asks him to do it right now. And of course, I'm going to insert the audio of this here in just a second. But Christian turns to Tomko 
and asks him to give him a beat, and he's like, "Hell no!" <laughs> that is so good. That show <laughs> never. Get, that is literally the best thing Tyson Top Carver did. Give me a beat. No. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Christian does his rap, which is pretty funny, and then Cena, of course, counters with his freestyling, which was like super freaking over at this point. Of course, as John Cena's on his rise, super and homophobic it's, it's, too. <laughs> Yes, it is. And, uh, well, let's listen to it. Let me insert the audio here. Yes, champ is yes. here. T-Long, what up, player? Holla. When I saw Simon Dean come out, I just, re-watching this, I just started laughing my ass yes. off. Like, that was a pretty funny gimmick. I don't care what anybody says. The He's doing like the the squats on the outside and exercising yes. before he can get in. It's like this is abs- good stuff. <laughs> it's absolutely tremendous. And you know, Shawn Michaels is next and tosses him. And Shawn, in what may have been the highlight of his entire comeback run in the WWE, immediately mimics <laughs> Simon Dean's workout routine. Yeah, I thought that was so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, does some jumping jacks. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's pretty good. That's good stuff. I I, I really enjoyed the Simon Dean <laughs> stuff here. Jim Ross, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was kind of funny, the commentary. Because <laughs> Taz, like, you liked it. Like he, By the way, JR and Taz were a good announced team, both in yeah. AEW now. They, yeah. they had done 04 together as well. I, I thought they, they worked well. Mm-hmm. So Angle comes out and... Uh, had stolen Nunzio's number earlier in the night. Yes, that's right. Forgot to mention that backstage. And uh, he gets suplexes all around, uh, goes after Sean. So here we are to set up that uh, that memorable WrestleMania match. And uh, Sean gets out of the slam attempt, goes behind him, goes for a super kick. But Angle grabs his foot and goes for an ankle lock. But Sean rolls through and super kicks him out of the ring. And Angle is pissed. But re- people are ready to see them go at it at WrestleMania. And that, that's the goal here. Yeah, and Angle comes back in in a few minutes and beats the shit out of Sean and tosses him. And I remember watching this live being super psyched because the rumors were out that they were thinking about doing Angle and Sean at Mania, which was such a dream match. And, you know, that segment basically confirmed that they were going in that direction. Remember, separate brands Mm -hmm. at this point. And this was the only way... Sean and Angle could interact was on a big four show like this. Um, they were pretty good around this period of doing that. If they wanted to do an inner brand feud, um, you know, you had to do it at the big four pay-per-view to tease it. And, and, and it was really good. Um, Angle beating the shit out of Sean. Sean bleeds. Yeah. Yeah. The, the build to Sean and Angle was so good. I mean, if you want to go back and watch some good television, you can see, Kurt Angle with Sherry Martell and, and singing oh, Sexy yes. Boy. You can see Kurt <laughs> Angle wrestling Marty Jannetty, who has a really good outing. I mean, I love the buildup to Didn't that. Didn't Marty earn a contract? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, they they wrestled a tag match on Raw. The Rockers reunited not That's long right. after that. They, and they even did the, came out to the old theme song and everything. And, and they did the, you know, go over the ropes thingamabobber that they mm-hmm. did. Um, my favorite part of the buildup in that was in the video package. They show it at Mania, so you can watch it on the network if you throw on WrestleMania 21. Was Kurt Angle talking about how when he won the Olympic gold medal in 96, 
all people would talk to him about was this guy winning the world title coming down from the rafters at WrestleMania named Shawn Michaels. <laughs> As if that possibly <laughs> happened. 1996 sure. WWF was yeah, so hot. I, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Angle's walking around Olympic Village with his gold medals. You know, feeling so great. He's just done it for his country. Just, uh, it's a remarkable performance, obviously. And so he's like, "Hey, you know, Kurt." That was really awesome what you did. But you know what was even better? Oh, yeah. This guy, Shawn Michaels, ziplining at WrestleMania 12. I just thought it was like so great how they tied that in that Angle was like pissed that like people were telling him in 1996 that Shawn Michaels was better than him. You know, Kurt, you did win just won the uh, the gold medal, and that was pretty entertaining. But I don't know. Did you see WWF International Incident last month? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was so good. How they did. But, you know, I mean, it gets over, like, I don't know, it gets over pro wrestling. It, it was a cool deal. And Eagle said it in a believable fashion. I oh, loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> oh, what do you think about Jonathan Coachman getting involved in this match? <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about these next three legends that are going to be coming out. Okay. Jonathan Coachman is absolutely tremendous in this match. 13 and minutes I and 48 after... seconds strong. Okay. And he does two. <laughs> he, he does... I believe three things. He hits somebody in the back when he first comes in who no-sells it. And then he runs to the bottom rope and holds on for a couple minutes. And then a few minutes later, he gets up and does the same thing to Kane. And then immediately <laughs> then runs back to the rope, bottom rope and holds on. A tremendous performance by Jonathan Coachman, who Jim Ross pointed out. In case he forgets who his name is, it's written on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> It's isn't it hilarious that they made theme music for him? <laughs> Not a bad theme song. It's actually a pretty good theme song, but it's kind of funny. Like someone was tasked with producing a theme song for Jonathan Coachman, and you know, undoubtedly put in hours developing this song. It's just like bizarre. his shirt was great too. What was it? I'm the coach. That's why. Yeah, it's not what a like great that. shirt. So his 13 minutes and 48 seconds in this match rank uh, number eight out of the 30 men in the longest amount of time in this match. It or not. An odd decision there. I don't think as much as it humored me, the, the, his, the few spots he did do, I don't know if he needed to be in there now. Batista, they've seen him. Batista, the exclamation point is on the sample. So, Ruyo, the 